will take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to the book of First John, First John chapter three, uh, and we're going to we're going to carry on uh, a little further with our our series. In fact, I think we're going to we'll probably we'll probably get all the way through this. I believe by nine fifty we ought to be able to get all the way through this tonight. And uh, no, listen, we're going to, but I think we are going to finish this out tonight. And uh, uh, but I, I want to give you some thoughts. Uh, um, this is. You know, I know this is a little different. This is sort of teachy, um, but I'm going to be honest with you. What I'm going to give you tonight, especially this first thing that I'm going to draw your attention to tonight, is life or death. Spiritually speaking, is life or death. Now, the, now the, the, the next thing I'm going to give you after this uh, first point is just sort of something interesting. It's just an interesting tidbit. But, uh, but this first thing that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, without a doubt, is super, super uh, important. And so I want you to look with me at 1 John chapter 3 tonight and uh, look, if you will, at verse number 16. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. And we've been talking about for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the importance of a name. And so we're going to have a, a, just a small prayer and then we'll uh, review just for a moment and then we'll get into some brand new material tonight. And I, I believe this is going to be helpful this evening. I really do. And so let's pray tonight and we'll jump right into the Bible study. Father, thank you for Wednesday night uh, midweek service. And God, we're very grateful for the good music and for the fellowship and, and uh, Lord, for the good offertory tonight that Sarah played. And, and Lord, just appreciate the privilege and the opportunity to, to be here tonight. Uh, I want to thank you for it personally, Lord. And, and Lord, if we lived elsewhere tonight, of course, and, and I, I include myself in this, we'd be much more thankful for tonight than we are right now. And so, Lord, thank you for the freedom that we have in America to be able to do what we're doing uh, Lord, the freedom to carry our Bibles, the freedom to worship, the freedom to uh, have Bible study, the freedom to, uh, Lord, to try to live the Christian life and to raise our families and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now, Father, I pray you'll take now as we take a few moments uh, to get around the book, and I pray that what we learn would be beneficial. I pray it'll be helpful uh, to our Christian lives, to our families, and uh, I pray that it would be interesting. And, Father, we pray that Jesus would receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. I pray that it would, Lord, I pray that it would shed light on maybe an area that's dark and maybe, uh, Lord, uh, 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 an area where we don't have understanding. I pray that we would gain understanding tonight. So give us your power, please, and your blessing, please. 
and we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, we've learned several things in this series. First of all, we talked about it's important to learn a person's name. Uh, that's scriptural. And uh, you know what? You ought to learn people's names. Now, that won't, uh, I, that won't change your life, but you know what? That might change your life, and uh, it really might change your life. It's important that you learn people's names. Uh, it'll make you a better Christian. It'll make you better uh, in the work field that you're in. Then we said this. It's necessary that your name be in the book of life. And again, I want to ask you, is your name in the book of life? Is your name in the book of life? Um, I mentioned this to our soul winning crowd tonight, but I was talking to Brother Zach today, and, and he was telling me about their service last night. They had a good service, and he was just teaching on the simplicity of salvation and baptism. And uh, he said, Dad, it was real simple, real elementary. It would be real elementary for our folk here tonight. But, of course, out there, that's what they need. And so he was just talking about salvation and, and what it means to be saved and, and uh, what the salvation experience is all about and then how it's important to take that first step of obedience and, and baptism. And, uh, and then after that, he, uh, he opened it up for discussion. And he said, uh, what I'd like to do tonight, he said, I'd like, for, uh, I'd like for us to just go around the room and if you'd like to, you don't have to, but just tell us about your salvation experience. And he said, Dad, he said, I was a little disappointed. He said it was very quiet. And uh, he said uh, Taylor was the first one to give a testimony. And he said it was good. He said it was a good testimony. And, uh, boy, thank the Lord for that. I'll tell you what, out of, out of the mouth of babes. And uh, especially when you don't have anybody that will speak up, thank the Lord that these kids will speak up sometimes. And she told her about her salvation and when she got saved. And, and, uh, and Zach said, uh, he said, Dad, I shared my my salvation experience. And he said, uh, we had uh, Amber. He said Amber spoke up and Amber gave her salvation experience. And then he uh, talked about another gentleman in the church that's been coming to the church there, drives a good little ways to come. And, uh, and he gave a great testimony. I shared that testimony with the, uh, with the soul winning crowd tonight. Uh, but he said, you know, he said, Dad, I'm, he said, I'm concerned. He said, you know, some of our people, they, they say they're saved, but he said their, their salvation testimony is very, it's very vague. It's just, uh, you know, uh, it's just sort of, and, and I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to talk about that. And I told him, I said, boy, I said, it's amazing that you said that because that's exactly what I'm teaching on tonight uh, at our church. And, uh, but you know what? I want to ask you a question tonight. Is your name in the book of life? You say, well, it don't matter. Yes, it does matter. It's very important that you know that your name isn't, and I don't know why I feel so strongly about that point. I did the night I taught it. Uh, it's not enough for your mom's name to be in the book of life. Your name has got to be in the book of life. You say, Pastor, my dad's one of the best Christians I know. By the way, we hear that all the time out visiting. I want to tell you what, preacher. My daddy was a preacher. My grandpa was a preacher. That's wonderful. And I'm glad that your grandpa's name's in the book of life, but that's not enough. You've got to have your name in the book of life. Uh, and very personal there. So we learned that it's necessary that your name be in the book of life. I want to ask you a question. Are your children's names in the book of life? Is your mama's name in the book of life? You know what, if not, that ought to burden us. Man, that ought to burden us. I told Brother Allen, I said, I've been praying for you folks this week, Allen. Allen's burdened about his, about his parents. And I said, I've been praying for you folks. I've been praying, praying for them. And, and, uh, and boy, if you've got loved ones and you, you're not positive, you've got grown children and you're not positive that their name is in the book of life, I want to tell you what, boy, that ought to burden us. 
And man, we ought to be, we ought to be taking their name to the throne of grace. And we ought to be saying, Lord, please save them and show them their need. And, 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 and if, if possible, maybe open the door for me to get a witness in. And, and uh, oh man, so important there. So it's necessary that your name be in the book of life. And then we learn this, that the name of Jesus is above every name. Uh, and one of these days that uh, we're, we're going to confess his name. We're going to bow the knee uh, before Jesus Christ. Then we said this, number four, we ought to pray in Jesus' name. But I want to talk to you about this one tonight. Number five is this. We are saved by believing on his name. We are saved by believing on his name. Now, we looked at that in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23. Did you notice what it said? The Bible says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and, and turn right and go over just a couple pages to 1 John chapter 5. And uh, maybe not even two pages, just a page maybe. First John chapter 5 and look at verse number 13. And this is a verse that we use a lot in our soul winning and a verse that we've challenged our soul winners to memorize. And this is definitely a good verse for you to memorize. People say, well, you know what? There's no way that you can know that you're going to heaven. It's not what the Bible says. Someone said, there's no way that you can know you have eternal life. It's not what the Bible says. Now, you may have heard a preacher say that one time, or you may have heard somebody uh, 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 voice their opinion, but how many know that we're not supposed to put a lot in what, uh, in what an opinion says? We're supposed to put a lot in what the Word of God says. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. And then, watch this church, he, he repeats it and says it again. And that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Twice in one verse, he mentions that. That it's important that you believe on the name of the Son of God. The word name there in 1 John is the Greek word onama. And it means this, it means the name for one's race or authority, authority. And I think that's the key word there. In other words, we're saved by believing on his name. We're saved by believing on his name because he and he alone has the authority to save. Did you know that there's no one else that has that authority? No, nobody else has that authority. That's why the Bible points that out, that it's important that we believe on his name. There's no one else that has that authority. Listen, a church does not have that authority. Amen. And someone says, well, I know that I'm saved. How do you know? Because I go to such and such a church. <laughs> that don't work. Someone says, I know that I'm saved because I'm an independent Baptist. That does not work. Someone says, I know that I'm going to heaven because I'm a Mormon. I'm a, I'm a member of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints. That, that doesn't work, brother. I'm just telling you that a, a church does not have the authority. Someone says, well, I'm a devout Roman Catholic. Listen, it doesn't work. It's not in the Word of God. It's important that we believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I thought about this. Good works don't have that authority. A church doesn't have that authority. By the way, a religious leader doesn't have that authority. Uh, someone says, well, I'm saved because I uh, took a trip to Rome one time and I was able to kiss the ring of the Pope and the Pope, uh, you know, or the priest absolved my sins. That's not enough, friend. That's not enough. Uh, we must believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Now, I said that to say this. You know when it's disturbing sometimes to hear people describe their salvation experience 
And when you, when you hear them describe how they were saved, you know what? And I know that we can't judge. I know that it's, it's up to the Lord, uh, and only the Lord sees the heart. But I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes when you hear people describe their salvation experience, you've got to wonder. I mean, you've got to wonder. Um, uh, people will say things like this. Well, I know that I'm going to heaven because, you know, me and the man upstairs, we've got an agreement. That's not enough. It's not enough. And by the way, he's not the man upstairs. He's God Almighty. And we ought to always, uh, we ought to always uh, address him with respect. Uh, and just the fact that someone would address him like that tells me that there's probably a problem and a disconnect somewhere. Uh, but to me and the man upstairs, we, we have an agreement. Or I've heard this before. I've had people tell me this. Well, you know, preacher, uh, I'm saved. I, I know I'm a Christian because uh, one time I was about to be in an accident and I was running off the road and I just, I just yelled out and I said, God, save me. That's not enough. That's not, that's not enough. Uh, an experience, some kind of an experience, a God experience is not enough. Someone says, well, you know, preacher, I know that I'm saved because uh, one night, you know, there was this aura in the room and, and there was a bright light and, and, and I know it was God and, and, and ever since then I've never been the same. That's not enough. Now, I'm just telling you, based upon the authority of God's word, that's not enough. You see, the Bible says that we must believe on the name of the Son of God, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there are a lot of religions that claim God. In fact, most religions claim God. Uh, listen, the Muslim religion claims God. And we have people in America who are saying that the same God we serve is the same God the Muslims serve. And so all the same God, and we all have the same God, and let's just all get along. Uh, but the problem comes down to this. A lot of religions claim God, but not a lot of religions claim Jesus. And some religions mention Jesus, but they don't claim Jesus like they ought to claim Jesus. I'm just telling you this, brother. He's not just a name. Brother, his name has authority to save. His name has authority to redeem. His name is the only name that will ever get you into heaven. That, that, brother, that, that's as clear as I know to put it. We are saved by believing on Jesus' name and his finished work on Calvary, and that's what gives him authority uh, to save our soul. Now, let me show you a, an example of that. Take your Bibles if you will and turn to Acts chapter 8 tonight. Acts chapter 8 and look if you will at verse number 36. We don't have the time probably to go through the whole story but it's a wonderful story. It's a great soul winning story. Acts chapter 8 of course is, is the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and the Bible says that boy Philip's having a great revival and God calls Philip away from this revival and takes him down to the desert and pulls him away from this from this revival just to minister to one man down in the desert uh, at what the Bible calls an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, uh, in, the, in, in the preceding verses here before verse number 36, the Bible says that Philip preaches Jesus unto the eunuch. Now, I want you to look at verse number 36. The Bible says, and as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I'm not picking on you tonight at all. But if you have a new international version, you can't read the next verse with us because it's not even in there. But anyway, if you have a King James Bible, you'll notice verse number 37. Uh, and Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. In other words, you can be baptized, but first you need to believe. 
If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Look, look what, what he said. And he answered and said, I believe. But how many know it didn't stop there? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, now, wait a minute, church. I'm just telling you, that is the only name that has authority to save. That's it. I mean, that's it. In fact, take your Bibles and turn back just a few pages to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and look, if you will, at verse number 12 tonight. Acts chapter 4. It don't get any clearer than this, church. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. Notice what Scripture tells us in verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Listen, if it ain't Jesus, you ain't saved. Now that's, you know, and I know the world says, boy, that's narrow-minded. Well, you know what? It's about that narrow right there. That narrow. Jesus said, I, did, Jesus did not say I'm one of the ways. He said, I am the way. Definite article. Amen. By the way, that definite article, the, upsets more people in America than you'd know. They want you to believe that, man, there's 10 different ways and, and you know, 57 different flavors on how you can get to heaven. But I'm telling you tonight, brother, there's one way, there's one way, there's one name that has authority and the name of Jesus is Jesus Christ. And if you come any other way, you're not truly saved tonight. And so we're saved by believing on his name. Now, let me give you something tonight. This may or may not change your life. But let me just give you an interesting, since we're talking about names tonight, let me just give you an interesting tidbit tonight. How about this? Number six is this. In eternity, we will wear the name of God and the name of God's city. Now, I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, turn to Revelation chapter 2, first place. Revelation chapter 2. And look, if you will, at verse number 17 tonight. This, here again, I, I think this is just interesting. And, and, and these are things that I believe that, you know what, we need to know. We need to study out on Wednesday night. So in eternity, we will wear the name of God and the name of God's city. Uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 17. This will bless you. The Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, now watch what it says, will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth it. So the Bible says that in eternity we're going to receive several things. Number one, the Bible says we're going to receive hidden manna. Now, hidden manna. And there's a lot of things that are hard to understand in the book of Revelation. But most scholars believe that hidden manna is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus said about himself? I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. That manna in the Old Testament, we know the Old Testament, the illustration of New Testament truth, and that manna in the Old Testament was a type of Christ. And, uh, and we believe that Jesus is that hidden manna. And what's the, what's the Bible saying there, preacher, when it says that we're going we're gonna to have that hidden manna? Well, basically the Bible is saying this, that we're going to get to benefit from being with him for the rest of eternity. In other words, there'll never be a day in eternity when we're without Jesus Christ. He'll always be there. We'll always benefit from that hidden manna. Think about this. There'll never be a day when there's not bread in the house. You ever had a day like that? Man, when it snows, when it just has a flake here. 
Go to Walmart or Food Line, there's not a stick of bread on the counter anywhere. I mean, I don't know what people do with bread and milk. I never have figured that out yet. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, but bread and milk, man, that's the thing. That's the staples, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, man, get a box of honey buns or something, you know. Uh, but anyway, anyway, have you ever went to the have you ever went to the cupboard and you didn't have bread? You want to make you a sandwich or or you want to make an egg sandwich or you want to do something with some bread, but there was no bread there, or maybe you went to the the cupboard and you and you reached up there and you hadn't used it in a little while and you pulled out that loaf of bread and oh my goodness it was growing penicillin and uh, I mean there was mold all over it and you just had to throw it in the in the uh, in the trash can and you had no bread and aren't you glad church that one of these days when we get into eternity and when we get into heaven that there'll never be another day when we're without bread aren't you glad the hidden man is going to be there aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is going to be there so the Bible's talking about that hidden matter. But then the Bible says this, and this is a blessing. The Bible says there's going to be a white stone given, a white stone. Now, in biblical times, courts used stones to indicate how the court was going to rule on a case. That's what they tell us there. And so the judge had heard the case and, and that person had been tried by, uh, by his jurors and, and, uh, and if the judge was going to hand down a verdict of guilty or condemnation, if that, that uh, person was going to be condemned, then the judge would pull out a black stone and he would give that person a black stone. But if the judge ruled in that person's favor and decided to give them a full pardon and to, uh, and to deem them not guilty, he would pull out of his place a white stone and he would give them a white stone saying, you know what? You are free. You have full pardon. And the Bible says that in heaven, we're going to be given a white stone. Boy, aren't you glad tonight that in Jesus Christ, we have received a full pardon. It's not a partial pardon. We've not been sort of forgiven. We've not been partially forgiven. Boy, thank God I've been completely forgiven. Sometimes people get saved and they say, Preacher, I understand that Jesus forgave me for all my sins before I got saved, but how about all my sins that I'm going to commit? Uh, how about my future sins? And I tell them, brother, when Jesus died on the cross, all your sins were future sins. He died not only for your past sins and your present sins, but he died for your future sins. And one of these days in heaven, thank God, we're going to have a full pardon. But also, also, that white stone was known as a victory stone. And those, those conquerors, those people that played in those uh, those Roman games back in those days, uh, uh, and those those that came out victorious, and those who who won and conquered were given a white stone, and in that white stone they had their name, and they would carry that white stone around with them, and they whenever they went to the store they would present that white stone, and that merchant would give them what they wanted free of charge, and for the rest of their life they were taken care of, uh, they were taken care of by the kingdom, and man, aren't you glad? That one of these days in heaven, we're not going to want for anything, brother. You're not going to have to. You're not going to have to. You know, uh, just work by the sweat of your your face and and just work your fingers to the bone. But boy, one of these days when we get in heaven, God is going to take care of us, and God's going to bless us, and God's going to meet your every need. And 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 thank God, we're going to live forever with Jesus Christ. And so we see that hidden manna. We see that white stone. But then the Bible says a new name. A new name. And in heaven, think about this, in heaven we will receive a brand new identity. 
Now, uh, the truth is, you say, preacher, do you think when we get in heaven that we're going to know each other? Absolutely. Not a doubt. When we get in heaven one of these days, and listen, as soon as we get there, I'll know David, David will know me. Now, will I call him David? Will he call me preacher or Steve or what? I, I don't know about that. But I know this, we'll know each other. The Bible says we'll know and be known. Hey, remember on the Mount of Transfiguration? When, uh, when, when uh, Moses and Elijah came down to talk to, uh, to Jesus? Did you know Peter had never seen Moses and Elijah? But he knew exactly who they were instantaneously. He said, Lord, let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And uh, when we get in heaven, we'll, and by the way, by the way, in heaven, you'll know people you never met before. You'll know who the Apostle Paul is. Can you imagine walking up to the Apostle Paul and saying, hello, Paul, so good to meet you. Wow. Can you imagine walking up to Jonah and saying, hello, Jonah, man, I've, I, I've heard a lot of fish tales, but I've never heard one like you're getting ready to tell me. I mean, man. And the Bible says that, you know what, in heaven we'll know and, and we'll be known. But think about this. But in heaven we'll have a brand new identity. A brand new identity. We'll no longer bear that old identity. I thought about this. People, even in this day and time, pay huge amounts of money to people to clean up their profile. You know, if there's something negative out there on the web, Maybe this is somebody that's applying for a job at some kind of big corporation. You know what they'll do? They'll pay people big money to clean that up and make sure that disappears so they can get that job. But aren't you glad in heaven you don't have to worry about that anymore? You'll not be known for that anymore. Aren't you glad, man, in heaven we're going to have a brand new, I mean, thank God we're going to have a brand new identity in heaven. But I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, I want you to turn just a page over to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and notice what our Bible tells us there. The Bible says, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Now watch what it says. And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. You don't have to go there. I'll just read it for you. Revelation 22, 3, the Bible says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Now, I don't, I don't understand all. I'm not going to pretend to tell you that I understand all of that. But I, I, but I thought about this. Back in Old Testament days, when the priest would minister before the Lord, and he would put on those priestly garments, the priest always bore the name of God. The Bible says in, in Exodus chapter number 28, verse 36, and thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord. And thou shalt put it on a blue lace that it may be upon thy mitre upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts, and it shall be always upon his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. And so it would at least appear, at least in some fashion, that in heaven, just like that priest, we're gonna bear his name, and we're gonna bear the name of his city in eternity. Now, I try to get wrapped around that. We're going to bear his name 
and the name of his city. Someone says, preacher, don't you think that sounds a little weird? Not really. In fact, can I, can I show you this picture right here? Look at this. You think that's weird? There's nothing weird about that church. Did you know that our, our armed services proudly bear the name of their nation and their flag? Listen, brother, when you see, when you see listen, amen, and, and no, no, no soldiers like an American soldier. When you see those guys, listen, when you see those boots come on the scene and you see that flag on that shoulder, it sends a message. Yes, it does. Amen. By the way, we've, we've dumbed that down so much in our nation anymore where we're trying to make the soldiers the bad guys. And I want to tell you what, soldiers are not the bad guys. The soldiers are the good guys. Amen. And thank God that we have a military and a nation who still stands for right. But I want to tell you what, I don't know about y'all, brother, but when, I, when I'm walking through the airport and I see, I see some of our guys walk through the airport and I see that American flag on their sleeve and I see the U.S., brother, I'm telling you what, it makes me want to well up with pride. And, I, and often I'll go over and I'll say, thank you for your service to our country. Uh, thank you for your service to our country. And I'm glad that they are proud to bear the name and to bear the flag. And by the way, buddy, it will be no more, it, it won't be weird in heaven. All throughout eternity, we will bear his name and we will bear uh, where we're located, that new Jerusalem, and we'll be proud. We'll be proud to bear that. I'm trying to think how I could get you to understand. How I could get you to understand this, and I thought about this. I thought about, and you maybe can't see it from back there, but you ladies, often, when we'll have a fellowship of some kind, as we did Sunday night, you'll bring a dish, uh, Tupperware or Corningware, or I don't know what the names of them are, but you'll bring a dish. And sometimes dishes are inexpensive. Sometimes dishes are very expensive. And you know what you'll do? You'll put your name on it. You know, why not? Because you're trying to be stingy, but you just want people to know, listen, there may be some other dishes that look the same, but that's mine. And I don't want you walking out with it. It's mine. I, I paid for it. I use it. I've got it broken good. I want it to go back home with me. And, uh, and you know what? So there's no misunderstanding. You know what you do? You put your name on it. You put your name on it. You, you label that, that uh, uh, thing with your name. I thought about this. Yeah. Can I get a witness? You know what you'll do? You'll take your pets and you'll put a tag on your pets, and I, you, you, you probably can't see this right here, but this little puppy right here has got a, a tag, and it says, I am loved. I'm loved. This one right here has got one of those, I guess, where you can scan it with your phone so you can tell where that, that dog, what the address is, where the home is, phone numbers, addresses, uh, owners' names, so they, can take, so they can take it back. Why? Why, why do we do that? What, is that weird? It's not weird. You know why we do that? We love our pets. Man, if you don't believe it, that's my wife. I mean, listen, you know. And uh, you know what? We love our pets. And if, if something happens and they get gone, we want people to know, that's mine. I want it back. I want you to bring it back. We, we love it. We want, we want it to come back. And this is all I'm saying. Aren't you glad tonight that we have a God that's not ashamed of us? He's not embarrassed about us. And one of these days, because he loves us so much, he's going to label us as his. And all throughout eternity, we'll say, yeah, 
I'm his. That's my father. I belong to him. Yeah. Yeah. I be, yeah. I belong to him. Yeah. He's mine. And uh, boy, thank God, isn't that a blessing? Now, let me give you this last point, and we're done. Let me get these dogs off the screen so you can concentrate again. All right? How about this, and we're done? So he said, we're saved by believing on his name. In eternity, we'll wear the name of God in the name of God's city. But how about this? In the present day, we are to openly confess his name. Now, we're done. But take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And look, if you will, at verse number, verse number 32 with me. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 32. And the Bible says, Whosoever therefore, verse 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So the Bible says there very plainly that if we want the Lord to confess us later, that we better confess him now. It's why we've been, it's why we've been promoting baptism here lately. If you've been saved, you ought to be baptized. You say, well, uh, a preacher, I don't know if I really want to go through the trouble. It's no trouble. It's a privilege. Uh, you say, well, uh, preacher, I'm sort, of, I'm sort of scared. I'm sort of scared of water. You still ought to get baptized. You know why? Because when you get baptized, what you're doing is you're publicly confessing. He's my Savior, and I'm not ashamed of him. I'm publicly confessing him. Listen, church, help me know this, that in the break room, they don't care what they say. So why should we bow our heads about Jesus? They don't mind cursing in front of you and using some of the most foul language that a mouth could say. Why should we hesitate to see Jesus? I mean, in the, in the midst of it, boy, isn't Jesus good? Isn't Jesus good? And uh, we ought to publicly confess his name in this present day. Boy, the name's important, isn't it? It's important. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together tonight. And Lord, I want to thank you for the Bible. And Lord, not only some things that are absolutely life-changing, but Lord, some things that are just interesting to learn. And so thank you for this time of Bible study tonight. God, I pray that you'll help us to decide by the grace of God that we're going to publicly confess his name. Father, would you forgive us? And I'm including myself in this prayer. Would you forgive us for when we're embarrassed? God, when we don't speak a word for Jesus, when we know we ought to, we know we ought to. And yet we remain silent. Father, that song says, take the name of Jesus with you. Father, help us to do that. And help us to confess it and to praise him. Thank you for the name that's above every name. Thank you for the name of Jesus. I pray your blessing this invitation. And Father, speak to hearts, please. We love you and praise you. Thank you for teaching us from your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight. And if the Lord spoke to your heart and you need to come, listen, several have come to the altar tonight. We're not going to prolong this invitation, but we, we don't want to shorten it either. If you need to come tonight, listen, come. Listen, are you openly confessing his name? Precious name, oh yes. Oh, how sweet.
Yes, it is. Praise the Lord for.